The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, everyone. Glad to have you riding shotgun with us. Today, we're going to be trekking to Santa Fe, Santa Fe, New Mexico, which a lot of people would regard as the very heart of the land of enchantment. And we will make that trip right after this. Slowly but surely, America is opening up again for business, travel, and new adventures. It's time to fuel your open road dreams and plan that amazing journey along our nation's highways and byways with the inspiration and assistance of American Road magazine. Every issue of American Road offers exciting features, high-quality writing, and beautiful photography, covering a wide range of alluring places just waiting to be discovered by road warriors of all descriptions across America. The gorgeous horizon is wide enough to accommodate your personal vision of the best road trip ever. There has never been a better time to treat yourself or someone special with the gift of a subscription to American Road Magazine. But there's something special going on this season. Visit AmericanRoadMagazine.com, click the cover photo, and enjoy the online edition of the Spring 2020 issue for free. Welcome back, everyone. Meet Hirsch Wilson, a 30-year veteran volunteer firefighter and EMT with the Hondo Fire Department in Santa Fe County, New Mexico. He is also a storyteller committed to explaining how first responding can change how we see and experience our own lives. In his quote-unquote real job, he is a writer, speaker, and consultant. And we're happy to consult with Hirsch Wilson today about going to Santa Fe. Hirsch, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm always excited to talk about my hometown. I have been. You said hometown. Well, I visited one time. It was in January of 1986. So, yes, we're going back a long ways. <laughs> and I, uh, I had a lovely meal with the colonel there. I was driving through. I was on my way headed out to Las Vegas. And so I, I enjoyed a meal before I did a lot of nighttime driving and ended up past Flagstaff seeing Halley's Comet. I felt especially privileged. That was an amazing day and night. But the other thing I noticed about Santa Fe, New Mexico, Hirsch, is that there weren't any high-rise buildings. I was looking for some skyscrapers, and I don't know why, because it seems like there is some kind of code and certainly a disinclination for the locals to build them. Am I still right about that in 2020? Absolutely. Uh, I think our tallest building might be seven stories, a hotel in uh, downtown Santa Fe. So no, no, no high-rises here. This is the city different, uh, and it is probably one of the most unique towns in the country. Uh, we moved here in 1984, and the first thing I was struck with is exactly what you described. This, this um, town's narrow roads, not a lot of people. Uh, all the architecture was brown, uh, adobe style, uh, and it just, it, it, coming from a big city, it just, it takes your breath away for a minute, and it's, it's takes a while to get over, but then you go, this is the way small towns should be. And I could see why just from looking at pictures over the years, gone, went through it one time myself. And it's interesting to me that you call it your hometown because that sounds to me like maybe you weren't from there originally, but we all have our adopted hometowns, don't we? <laughs> yes, we do. I mean, I think um, 
I grew up in Minneapolis and then uh, lived in Canada and Colorado and Switzerland. But coming to Santa Fe was it was a coming home and it was a, a place of such deep roots that we knew we this is where we belong. I, I could see that happening because, you know, Hirsch, I've talked to a number of people who have visited, but one gentleman in particular moved to Santa Fe about eight years ago, and mm -hmm. it was the culmination of a dream throughout his adulthood. When he was in a position to retire there, he made haste to get there, couldn't wait to absorb all that Santa Fe had to yep. offer him as a yep. home. And I see that it has that kind of magical appeal because it's it's the type of city that draws you in to the point where I think it's fair to say that people feel called to it rather than simply choosing it versus option B or option C. Once you've been to Santa Fe, a lot of people will say there is no option. Exactly. I remember in the 90s, the, the story was you dump your boyfriend, you pack up your Toyota 4Runner, and, and you move to Santa Fe with no <laughs> job prospect, um, Nothing going on, but you know you're called here, uh, and then you make it work. But I mean, that was so. That was the story in the '90s, and and it is uh, it is still happening. If I were to go to Santa Fe anytime soon, and I hope it will be sometime soon, we've still got the pandemic with us. There are restrictions. Mm -hmm. People are skittish about traveling, and with good yep. reason. I am among them. But at some point, I am going to get to Santa Fe. I would like to see a lot of New Mexico, actually. Mm -hmm. And I believe the first place I would pull into is the Palace of the Governors, which I understand is part of what's known as the Santa Fe Historic District. Right. Uh, the, the entire um, central plaza and, and the town of Santa Fe is the historic district. Um, the Palace of the Governors uh, was constructed in 1610. Um, oh, my goodness. One of the things about Santa Fe, I mean, Santa Fe has been occupied um, way, you know, um, 40,000 years uh, before the Common Era by the Clovis people, and, and, up, and it's been occupied continuously up until now. So it's an ancient city. Um, and, and so we think of the 1600s as, as a long time ago, in from our perspective, but in the perspective of Santa Fe, it's, it's just a couple hundred years ago. <laughs> that is extraordinary too, Hirsch. The Palace of the Governors, as I understand it, is the oldest continuously occupied public building in the United States. That's correct. And Santa Fe is the oldest state capital in the country. And I think it's the uh, oldest European settled uh, city west of the Mississippi. I think San, August, San Augustine, Florida is older um, in terms of uh, European occupancy, but Santa Fe is second. Yes, and I have been a few times to St. Augustine, stayed a, a night or two there. So much to see. They're also a very haunted town, St. Augustine. Santa mm. Fe must have its specters. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there's a, a rumor of... Um, in the in the basilica of someone who walks a ghost who walks up and down the stairs um, from when, when it was originally constructed so yeah we have our ghosts i'm thinking now of the palace of the governors being i don't know it doesn't seem like it's necessarily a huge building though it might have been quite sizable in its day yeah. but i'm very curious to know about 
how capacious it is for people who want to use it for public business and all the tourism in 2020. I right. mean, what do you see when you go in there? First thing, boom, you go through the doors. What do you find? It's, uh, it's a lot of single rooms. It's a single story structure. It's Adobe with what we call Vigas, which are, um, you know, just, just um, the kind of lumber that supports the ceiling. Um, and it's a lot of small rooms. And it's been added to, added on, added on, added on um, over the centuries. Um, so right now, it's, it's there's a lot of shops in there, and it's part of the vibrant downtown culture. One of the things that I discovered just last night doing a little show preparation, and I was very impressed by this, there is a literary anecdote to be told about the Palace of the Governors on account of a gentleman named Lou Wallace. Some people will be familiar with that name and others not, but just about everybody mm -hmm. knows the story of Ben-Hur. Yes. Yes, he was, I think, um, uh, one of the first governors of New Mexico. If I, and I think either that or mayor of Santa Fe. But yeah, and he wrote, he wrote Ben-Hur in his spare time. <laughs> Can you imagine? Not bad. He, he was a territorial governor in the late 1870s. Yeah. This would have been a crucial time there because uh, he wrote the final parts of his book, Ben-Hur, A Tale of the Christ. And uh, just about everybody I know has seen the movie, if not mm -hmm. having read the book. So there's additional luster to the reputation and history of Palace of the Governors. But this, this was being done. Lou Wallace was finishing his book during what is known as the Lincoln County War. How does that factor into the history of Santa Fe? Um, that was a range war, and it was, um, you know, we're the Old West. And Lincoln County is the home of Billy the Kid, among other things, and Sheriff Pat Garrett. Uh, all those Western stories originated here in New Mexico. And the Range War was about the, you know, the the kind of cattle barons versus farmers, and um, and and trying to monopolize the trade routes, uh, the the you know get rid you know get rid of the fences and so on and so on and so on. And that war lasted for. Uh, I think three years back and forth. It's more like a guerrilla war than anything else. And so as time wore on and the building wore down a bit, it needed to be renovated to some degree. There was a young archeologist named Jesse L. Nussbaum who came in to <coughs> oversee the restoration of the Palace of the Governors. Mm -hmm. And the theme is so poetically stated in the writings about the palace, it said that the palace was begun with an adaptation to climate and atmosphere and had been fitted into the color of earth and sky. That is a must-see place. I love the way that's described. Right, and I, I think when you look at, um, I mean, I live in an adobe house, uh, and the adobe-style architecture goes back hundreds of years, and it's perfectly adapted for New Mexico climate. Uh, right now, it's 90 degrees outside. We don't have air conditioning. You know, we're at 7,000 feet, um, and so if we... It, if we, you know, keep the windows open and let the at night and let the cool air in 50 degrees and then close everything up during the day when it's hot, the adobe walls offer so much insulation that it never really gets above 70 degrees in our house. And that's the way, you know, and that's kind of the one of the great things about adobe construction. Yes, I have been told before that it's great for staying cooler in summer and warmer in winter. 
Yes. Yeah. We, I mean, uh, we have solar everything here. I mean, without, without lots of solar paneling, obviously, but, but um, in the winter, the sun heats up the homes uh, and uh, we, you know, we, we uh, don't need as much, um, except for a, a couple of cold days. We have four seasons, but um, the houses are really well insulated. It makes a big difference. When people come to this wonderful Santa Fe Historic District, I'm assuming that there are going to be some wonderful restaurants around a place where you can park your car, pay or don't pay whatever the local law requires, and then be prepared to have a great deal of fun. Palace of the Governors would be a huge draw. But there is also the Santa Fe Plaza, and I'd like to know more about that. Okay, the plaza is ancient. Um, it goes back to the 17th century. Uh, and it's it's very it's uh, it's uh, it's kindred to the uh, Moorish towns in North Africa, and they migrated through Mexico and then up up to the Southwest in particular. And I think it's you know Taos has a plaza, Santa Fe has a plaza, I think Mesa, Arizona has a plaza. So they all have these center parts of the city that are plazas with uh, with concentric roads that circle the plaza. Oh. Um, and on our plaza, there's a park, um, there's a music stand that's been there forever, and there are numbers, you know, shops and restaurants um, a galore in, in that part of town. Restaurants galore. Now you're talking my language. Right. And it's, I'll tell you, Hirsch, it's not that I'm against going to chain restaurants, so they come in mighty handy sometimes, so I wouldn't classify myself as a restaurant snob. However, mm -hmm. when I go someplace... I like to sample the local cuisine, particularly mm -hmm. if it is noteworthy for one thing or another. Absolutely. And my, my understanding is there is a distinct New Mexican cuisine to be enjoyed. Uh, well, you know, first, New Mexico has as many restaurants per capita as New York. Seriously? So, yeah. We, are, we have, uh, you know, up until the pandemic, we had, um, and, and there will recover afterwards, but we have just amazing places to eat. It's the best, I think, and I'm biased, the best restaurant small town uh, in the country by far. Um, and our, our uh, and we have all kinds of food, um, but we're most famous for um, our green chili and our red chili, uh, which goes on everything. My daughters, who both grew up here, were both born and grew up here, are absolutely addicted to green chili. And when they went away to college, we had to send them monthly packages of green chili so they could survive um <laughs> care packages it's, it's, yeah absolutely <laughs> it's it's so addicting and it's so it's the food here is great it's just remarkable and um and we you know we have our four favorite restaurants that we go to constantly but i would i would encourage anyone to, that comes here to really take uh, their time to kind of explore the local restaurant scene that would be amazing to experience, that's for sure. It, of course, if you go to, to uh, a cosmopolitan town to end all cosmopolitans, uh, that would be uh, New York with everything they have to offer. But to mm -hmm. go to a town that becomes famous for its cuisine, you talk to anybody that's been to New Orleans, you're going to hear much the same thing in the Creole yes. style. Yep. there. But Santa Fe, to have that that taste of the Old West and to have echoes of it, plus all the creative permutations on that would be an exceptional experience. How does that work on somebody's budget? I mean, you get the $1 sign, $2 signs, three, four. 
we have the entire range. Um, we have roadhouses that are remark, you know, not expensive and remarkable food, all the way up to very high-end restaurants on Canyon Road, which is a road that um, is, is kind of the road where all the, all the galleries are that leads from uh, the plaza up into the mountains. And as a part of this Santa Fe experience, you're going to be well-fed, you're going to see a lot of history. Mm -hmm. You also, if you have any artistic sense at all, and, and if that happens to be your niche in life, that you are an artist or an admirer of excellent art, then Santa Fe is a mecca for people who are into the arts. I don't I don't have the appreciation just because that's not how I'm built. But believe you me, after I've heard of some of the galleries, I would not fail to go into them. I actually knew there several years ago a man who was a gallery manager and then he went into the ministry. So he had another calling, but he enjoyed his time in Santa Fe and especially because he was surrounded by so many artists of high caliber. Yeah, um, Santa Fe is. Uh has always been uh, since uh, the, I mean, most notably since the 1920s, a mecca for artists. Um, D.H. Lawrence moved here, moved to Taos actually, but he, he brought just a cadre of, of great artists. And, and, and one of the things you see in Santa Fe is you'll see people with their canvases downtown. Uh, you'll see them uh, you know, capturing Adobe, Adobe buildings or, of, of course, the thing that we haven't talked about is the incredible vistas of the mountains and the plains we have here. But it is, it is um, uh, an artist's town. Uh, lots of artists, lots of writers, and so it has that kind of artistic vibe. If we've come this far, Hirsch, I have to pay homage, and I've, I've loved her work particularly, even with my amateur eyes. Georgia O'Keeffe has a museum dedicated to her work. That is yes. a place that would be another not-to-be-missed destination. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it is, she's, um, I, you know, I think um, how her ability to capture light and capture New Mexico is remarkable. And it's, it's, it's a lifetime experience to see her work up close. If, you're, if, you're, if you love art, if you love the visual arts, this is definitely a place to come. And was Georgia O'Keeffe the artist that came routinely, did a lot of her best work there, and then left and then came back? Yes. Yeah, I don't know where she went, but she came back. <laughs> and you and can they, everybody, does. everybody does. Everybody does. <laughs> it, it's a, a city that calls people and has a town yes. feel, and it, the dust of the Old West is in your throat and you don't mind. <laughs> That's right. the way I envision right. Santa Fe. In and around town, if you go there, I'm curious to know, Hirsch, how accommodating it is. Now, if you don't have the high rises, and for me, that's a good thing. I would want a change of pace by going there and looking for hotel accommodations. I'm going to assume there are quite a few B&Bs. What is it laid out like for people who are road travelers? I think there are a lot of B&Bs, uh, good hotels. Um, I think the... Uh, um, What's it called? The short-term rental company uh, has a big presence here. Um, it, it just slips my mind. But there's lots of play. We're, I mean, we're a very tourist-focused town. We have, um, of course, a ski area in the winter. Uh, in the summer, there's um, the fiestas and, and festivals and art shows. So we're, you know, we're very focused on a tourist economy. So lots of places to stay at all ranges of prices. 
I'd like to hear more about, I'm sure our listeners would want this for their own travel planning, more about the topography and also the places that Santa Fe is near. For example, I think it's roughly 50 miles from Albuquerque there, and yet right. you mentioned Taos. So when I think of New Mexico, I always think of Albuquerque, then I think of Santa Fe, then I think of Taos. If somebody wanted to make that a journey, you could hardly do better for a road trip. Right. Uh, uh, Taos is uh, an easy day trip from Santa Fe. It's about an hour and 10 minute drive. And you can also drive up uh, the interstate to Taos, or you can take what we call the high road to Taos, which you know goes through lots of small New Mexican towns and it's up in the mountain, which, and it's a beautiful drive. So just the drive itself is worth it. Um, we're, you know, we, we are nested under the, the last range of the Rocky Mountains, the Sangre de Criscos. And so you are 20 minutes from the plaza to up, up to the mountains, this magnificent national forest and, um, and mountain range. Um, and, and, uh, other than that, I mean, we're, um, if you're interested in science, we're, you know, 40 minutes from Los Alamos and, um, the museums up there. So there's there's a tremendous amount of day trips, um, not to mention all the hiking around Santa Fe, which is really uh, just, you can get lost in the forest here. It's just wonderful. That would be an extraordinary experience in and of itself. When we talk about New Mexico and getting to various places, I have had some interest, for example, in going to Roswell, because I just think there's a tremendous story around that town. Right. And, right. and famous people that come from there, as a matter of fact, Demi Moore being just one of them there. But when you look at that, it's important to plan ahead, because if you're in Albuquerque or Santa Fe, Roswell's in the same state, but it's not a hop and a skip. No, we're a big state. So it's it's uh, 300 miles away. Yeah. And that would be fascinating to visit. The other thing I have to mention, Hirsch, I have been and there. And if I'm staying in Santa Fe, I would make plans. I just would. And I know I'd spend my fair share of time in Albuquerque as well. I try to find a watch, actually, because when I was a kid, we took the train to Pittsburgh via Chicago from Southern California. And we stopped in Albuquerque. I went in to <laughs> use the restroom and wash my hands. I had a Timex watch as a kid. I was about oh, nine, ten years old. They left it on the sink. And my mom came back, where's your watch? She's asking me, oh, I left it on the sink in the bathroom. She said, well, somebody got yeah. themselves a watch. It's, but it right. was a Timex. It's probably still ticking somewhere in New Mexico. <laughs> but when probably. I go, <laughs> I thought if, if I made a road trip out of it, I would for sure get to Albuquerque, Santa Fe, and Taos. But I'd also then want to head south in order to get to not only Las Cruces, but since I was a parochial skid parochial school kid studying geography, I have set it in my mind that I want to get to Carlsbad Caverns. So if I'm around Santa Fe, is it going to take me a long time to get there? Do they have motels, hotels around? Yes, it's uh, Carlsbad Caverns. It's about a three hour drive. But my family, um, I didn't go because I was out of town, but my my daughters and my wife went down to Carlsbad Cabin. They said it was one of the most amazing things they'd ever seen. And then you can go another half a mile or another half an hour and you get to see the White Sands, which is just an incredible geologic site of white sand that stretches on for miles and miles and miles. So, yeah, that's a great uh, you might. And there's and it's definitely a kind of an overnight stay in a motel and see those. T they're, they're really amazing uh, features. Oh, I can't wait to see them. Yeah. 
uh, in terms of Santa Fe itself, though, I, sure. it would be useful for our listeners to know, are there times of the year, and I'm presuming that there are, uh, Christmas time, for example, where sure. you would have various festivals that you just plan to attend and you need to plan in advance so that you don't get shut out of accommodations. Maybe you need to buy tickets. Right. Um, Fiesta, which is uh, the Fiesta de Santa Fe, uh, de Santa Fe, which has uh, is a 300 year old Fiesta. I think this is the first year it, we've not put it on because of the pandemic. But that's in September, October. Um, and that's a wonderful time of year in Santa Fe, uh, but I, it is it is a good time to plan your reservation in advance. And and if you want to go to the the fiesta events, just they're all mostly downtown, uh, and that takes some navigating because it's it usually draws a big crowd. Uh, winters here are fabulous, um, and if you're a skier, it's some of the uh, best skiing between here and Taos. Uh, some of the best skiing in the Rocky Mountains because. There's just sun and snow uh, in the mountains. Um, spring is a little iffy because it's a windy time of the year. Um, summer, once we get through June, uh, it's usually uh, cool evenings, uh, warm days, and monsoon rain uh, in the afternoons. You can always oh, really? set your watch. Yeah, you, and that, that's what cools off the day is the monsoon rains in July and August. And blended with that Adobe architecture, that must be a sight to see. Photographers would have a blast. Oh, absolutely. It is, I think, one of the most photographed places in the United States. And mostly because it's so different. It's just different than, than uh, if you come from the Midwest, grew up in the Midwest, or grew up on the East Coast. It is a completely different way of seeing architecture and seeing um, sky and mountains. I mean, I get, up, I get up every morning and I can go out my porch to see 100 miles. So that's just wow. not something you can replicate in the rest of the country. No, definitely not. And it sounds to me like the locals, the people who have, uh, for whatever length of time, called Santa Fe home, have a very loving care and concern in their own way of dealing with business that respects tradition. I think I love that as much as anything about Santa Fe. Yeah, very much so. Um, we have a, a culture here that's extremely protective of Santa Fe, um, and they and they and they were always in that that uh, we want to invite people here to come see Santa Fe, but we want to keep Santa Fe small. I, and I think um, the smallness of it is, is one of the most the biggest attractions. Hirsch Wilson, I am so happy for the chance to talk to you today. When Me we too. Get back Oh, it's been a delight. And when we get back on the subject of New Mexico, I would love to talk to you again because it is an endless land of enchantment and our listeners will be delighted to hear from you again. Great. Well, thank you so much. A pleasure. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue. In fact, you can read the whole thing. It's all digital for the spring 2020 issue, the current issue of American Road. Until next week, drive safely and dream well. <laughs>